return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Blessings. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, what happened? This is the last Sunday of 2020. So tell me, what happened in 2020? It's been crazy. It's been seriously crazy. Almost a year ago, we ended up with a China virus, and it's led to nothing but confusion. So I'm here to talk to you today about focus on how we should just keep our eyes on Jesus. So, 2020 was probably one of those 1968 years. If you remember 1968, that was a year of confusion. A lot happened. We had a pandemic. We had uh, riots in many major cities, and it's still going on. We had a fantastically weird election, and that is still going on. We've had businesses shut down and businesses closing, and that's not finished yet either. We've had mandated masks in certain areas. And we thank you for those who are wearing those masks because in many cases they are necessary. Many pastors, I believe, started the year 2020 proclaiming a year of vision. 2020. Virtually perfect vision. What a great message. That did not turn out the way it was planned, I don't believe. You know, an optometrist can correct imperfect vision to 2020. And if you want to bring up something in a microscope, some very small things, all you have to do is turn a few dials. And you'll bring things directly into focus. But what about us? You know, how did, how did we handle the situations of the world the past 11 months? I know there was times that I wasn't completely focused either. Remember, just a few weeks ago, <clears throat> Texas filed a lawsuit to proclaim that certain states did not follow the procedures and that these states did things that were unconstitutional. So when the Supreme Court decided not to put it on their docket, not to even address it, I thought, what's going on here? 
You know, you would think that it was the right thing to do by listening to this. I went to bed that night, still thinking about it. And then I woke up, 2 o'clock in the morning or so, and the Lord gave me a word and it said, Jeff, don't think about the Supreme Court. Your focus must be on me. And so peace came over me. Philippians 4, verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There's an intro to the message today. He transcends all understanding and he guards our minds and our hearts. Just a little bit before that in Philippians 2.2, he says, Then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love, and being one in spirit and purpose. Like-minded is something that we think about. And the Holy Spirit that works with our heart gives us this same love and purpose. We can focus on the things that we cannot see by faith. The things that we can hear, like the sheep knowing the voice of the shepherd in John chapter 10. And the things of our heart. Acts 15 verse 8 tells us, God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. Hallelujah. And Matthew 5, 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. That's amazing. You know, you can, be, you can be blind and you can still focus on the Lord. You can be deaf and blind and you can still focus on the Lord. We can focus through praise, through song, And we can do this anytime. We can turn on the radio at home. We can listen to a CD. We can be on the road traveling and hear it through our radio. We can focus through prayer. And in that, we're to pray continually. And we can focus through God's Word. And that's something we should be doing every day. 
with praise, three songs come to mind. Number one, and I'll have Jeremy play this clip a little bit later, but there was a a 10-year-old blind autistic boy, and he sings, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. This little boy had so much focus and his intent was to praise our Savior, Jesus Christ. The second song, Joy to the World. One of the first lines in there, it says, Let every heart prepare him room. And then there was a a Christmas carol. It's a British Christmas carol. I never heard of it until I was YouTubing something around Christmas time. And it said, the top ten British Christmas songs of all time. And lo and behold, maybe some of you have heard of it. But it's called, In the Bleak Midwinter. And the last stanza says this. What can I give give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what can I give him? I can give him my heart. That even reminds me of the little drummer boy. Well, he didn't have much to do but, but play a drum. Some more things on focus. Psalm 141, verse 8 says, But my eyes are fixed on you, O sovereign Lord. In you I take refuge. Do not give me, do not give me over to death. Or another word for death in another version was defenseless. And sometimes when crazy things are going on in this world, we, we kind of seem a little defenseless if we don't have our focus on Jesus. Colossians 3, verse 2. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. And I'm glad Greg walked in. Yes, Greg. Because he posted something on Facebook. And it said, When you feel overwhelmed, you're spending too much time with the world. And not enough time with God. And under that is Micah 5, verse 5. And it says, And he will be their peace. Now, when I feel I've lost my focus, there are certain places that I like to go in the Bible. And one of the first ones is when you head to Romans. Chapter 12 
verse 2. And while we have that up, I'll again refer you to Philippians 4, 7, which says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Well, Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good pleasing, and perfect will. Now, to make sure I'm refocused, I delve into another area of Scripture that allows me to acknowledge I'm on the right path. This one is very important and dear to me. And it's under Matthew 7, the verses 13 and 14. Because when we talk to people in the store, our relatives, we like to wonder, are they, are they saved? You know, are, are they, do they kind of push you away and say, I don't want to talk about that? So this is what I wonder, and this is, this is how I get refocused. And Jesus says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. There are all kinds of ways that you can travel on a wide pathway, and there are many ways that these gates will have a wide gate. You can run 8, 10, 50 people through a gate at the same time. That's how wide they are. But those are the people that have not made the right decisions. But then Jesus goes on to say, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Now it's, I don't think the path is so narrow that it's like a balance beam in gymnastics. I don't think you have to teeter, teeter back and forth. But I really think that when you have to keep your focus on Jesus Christ, that is a narrow path. There is no swerving off the road. If you're traveling on the road this morning, coming from Flandreau no less, if you travel off the road too far, you're going to be stuck in the ditch. Dave and Kathy, I'll bet you guys were focused on traveling this morning. Yes. Well, thank you for being here. I refer to this scripture many times because it reminds me to, Jeff, stay on the path, to keep your focus. And many times I do stray. And many times Susan acknowledges it. John chapter 10, verse 9, talks about 
He is the gate. Jesus says, I am the gate. So in other words, when you want to go to Jesus, you have to be on that narrow path leading to that narrow gate. Jesus says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. And the other scripture that I love, because it entails, it encompasses, I think, everything, is John 14, 6. And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way means he's the only way. And Acts 4 verse 12 says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. I am the truth. And that means he can only speak the truth and cannot lie. This is what Jesus says when you don't speak the truth. He says in John 8, 44, he's talking to a group that don't believe. Jesus says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. When we focus and keep our eyes on Jesus, we make sure that the devil is not around. We discourage that. And then on the flip side, Jesus says in Hebrews 6 verse 18, God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. We who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. Under the footnotes in this it says there are two things in which it is impossible for God to lie. One, God's promise, which in itself is absolutely trustworthy. And two, is God's oath confirming that promise. And I am the life means he himself is life. Acts 17, verse 25, states, And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything, because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. 
That's all we need. So when we came into the year 2020, there were expectations of perfect vision, perfect focus. And then, and then I think there was just too many things that happened from the end of January, and it's still going on. But the thing that we have to do is we have to remain focused on Jesus Christ. Now, Jeremy has a, a clip that I would like to share with you. And this is that 10-year-old blind autistic boy. And listen to the song he sings. And tell me that if this young man can be focused as he is, then we surely can be focused. This young man is an incredible young man. Now, he doesn't have earthly sight, but he has incredible spiritual sight. And he's going to lead us and sing for us this morning. I want you to welcome Christopher Duffer. Thank you very much.
Thanks, Jeremy. I think he sees him. I really do. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the being the guardian of our minds and our hearts. Thank you for the holy word that you have provided for us. Thank you for the voices that lift you up in praise. Thank you for the people that come and worship you every day. Thank you for all the gifts that you've given us. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll switch to the lapel here. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you hear me? Amen. Well, this morning I just, this morning I'm going to talk about um, our justification and what the Bible says we need to do to be justified. And it's not really a long list of things that we need to do. Amen. Um, The word justified in the Greek is the word uh, dikaiho, and there are three ways that it's used in the Bible. So the first definition is is to render righteous or such um, as he ought to be. So Psalms 73.13 says, I have shown my heart to be upright. I consider, consider myself to be justified. So the, the first meaning is to say, I'm justified. I know that I'm right. You know, I'm, I'm good. The second definition is um, to show, exhibit events, one to be righteous, such as he is and wishes himself to be considered righteous. So, uh, Romans 3, 4, showing justification in what you say or do. You know, that, that's also, um, you know, if you, you might say, well, you can justify your actions because in the past you've done whatever, you've, you've done this right, you know, in justifying actions. And that's what doc, that's talking about. And what I want to talk about this morning is the third, um, the third definition, which is to declare, pronounce, one to be just, righteous, or such as he ought to be. And in Galatians 2.16, they're talking about declaring by God that we are justified by faith in him and not according to our works. Amen. And that's the justification I want to talk about this morning, that not only are we justified, we are, being, we are declared justified, amen, by God. He declares us justified. And... Um, you know, I want to I want to focus on on those scriptures. And usually, the word justified or justify has something to do with an action on the part of the person who is being justified, right? And so maybe somebody goes out and buys something really expensive that they kind of need, but they kind of don't. But they justify it by saying, "Well, I need it because X, Y, and Z." 
I uh, told a story that I wanted to buy an iPhone uh, 11 for myself a while back. Um, very expensive out of my price range, and uh, but not out of my credit card's price range, amen. And, uh, and so I wanted to buy it, and I justified it by saying, well, we don't really have a good camera, and I heard that the iPhone 11's camera is really good. And so what was I doing? I was justifying my action of wanting to purchase this iPhone, right? Um, just because I thought it would, it would kill two birds with one stone, right? It'd have a phone and it'd have a camera. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. And so that's what we do a lot of times. We'll justify our actions um, based on the need. Um, you may have heard the phrase, you know, or the question, well, does the end justify the means? That's a very common phrase, and, and you think of Robin Hood, you know, does the end, helping the poor, justify the means, stealing from the rich, you know, in Robin Hood, you know, and that, that was the argument, right, is that, that, well, we're doing something good, amen, we're helping the poor, so it doesn't matter what I do to get to that point, amen, um, he's, it's, it's saying that, that I can do whatever I need to do in between. I can break the rules. I can bend the rules. I can do whatever I need to do to get to the end point. Amen. And so the thinking is that because the ultimate result is good, it's okay to bend or break the rules to get the end result. But we know that we serve a just God, amen, who doesn't bend or break the rules. Amen. And so he couldn't bend or break the rules to justify us. Amen. And to call us justified. And um, he follows the rules so closely that he gave his son, who was a part of him, as a sacrifice for our sins. Which is a tough thing to do, right? It's tough for him to do. In fact, it said that he couldn't even, when Jesus was on the cross, he couldn't even look. <laughs> and he just couldn't look, right? Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And... Uh, I know as a parent, if one of my kids, you know, said that to me and, and felt that I had, you know, betrayed them or whatever it was, it'd be tough. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.